Good morning. Sorry for the late start, a technical difficulty. Welcome to all those joining us for the Likut Halachas, Yoradea Chelik Sheni, Hilchas Kilei Behema, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Gimel. We dedicate the learning today, Leilu Nishmas, Toiba Itl Bas Rebeliezer, whose yard site was yesterday on the 22nd of Teves, Leilu Nishmas Chayesara Bas Shragafaival, Yeshayahu Ben Avrahamu Matilda, and Rochel Bas Horav Gershon Chanoi Chenech HaKoyen, whose yard sites are today. And Lilo Nishmas, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Nosni Yaakov, Yentefradl Bas, Rabbi Shoharie, Harini Kaporas Mishkovon. And for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Yoshua Rufen Ben Chanester, Rachamim Ben Rochel, Yisrael Ben Rochel, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadassah, Hindesheva Bas Rochel, Yentes Sora Bas Chanarus, Ruvein Moshe Ben Rochel, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Chaya Brocha Bas Perel, Daniel Borach Ben Sora, Hil Yisrael Ben Sora, Nechem Yisalmin Ben Sora Fega, Vesur Sharchel Yisrael. We're in the middle of studying the topic of, of Kilayim of a Behema, of working with two different species of animals together at the same time. Rav Nosson Zal says now, V'zeh b'chinas ma she'isa b'zoyer ha-kodesh, al-posek lo'isachroish b'shur v'chamor yachtov. That the, the wording in the posek is, it gives us the example of not, not plowing with an ox and a donkey together. Ki'hem shnei zini bisha. Because the Zoyer ha-kodesh says, these are two species of evil. V'lechoyra kosher. Rav Nosson Zal says there seems to be a question here. Haloi gam b'shnei mine behemois tohoyrois osur gam kein la'asei sima malach b'yachad. It's not only with an ox and a donkey. You can't use an ox and a sheep. You're not allowed to use two kosher species of animals either together. As it says clearly in the Shulchan Aruch. So why does the Torah specifically give the example of, of an ox and a donkey Donkey being a non-kosher animal. However, based on what we've been learning over here previously, we were learning, remember this halach is based on chapter 61 in Likuti Moran, and there Rabbi Nezal explains that everything in this world is a tzimtzum. And it's important for us to be able to, to sweeten and to refine and to perfect these tzimtzumim through the specific seichel that that, that tzimtzum is connected to. Because everything was created originally with seichel, with chachma, kulam b'chachma sisa, with wisdom. So every object in this world is connected to a particular seichel haproti, an individual seichel. And when two different species of animals are joined together in doing any type of work, Misarvin Hatsimsumim, you're moving together the Tsimsumim. So Rav Nasanzal said that when we mix together two animals, we're mixing up the Tsimsumim 
And now they can no longer be repaired through their individual seichels. And as a result of this, the tumor of the original snake attaches itself to this. As a result of this mixture that was made now during doing this act of work, this one of the 39 acts of work, because that's where the snake, that's where the tumor is able to attach itself easily when it comes to work. As we find at the beginning of creation, the curse was issued at a time that your earning of a livelihood will be with, with struggle, with depression. That refers to the 39 acts of work. Therefore, whenever two animals are joined together in a manner that's forbidden, meaning, for example, during plowing a field or anything else, even if it's two kosher species of animals, it immediately activates the negativity of putting together an ox and a donkey. Shehem Trezinebisha, which are referred to as two negative types. Shekishemishabrem Yachad Chasvishon, which when they're joined together, Nizgaber Hadin Chasvishon Beyser, they increase the Midas Hadin, the judgment, the harshness, the negativity. Because this midas hadin, this negativity, is activated whenever you mix together any two species of animal, even if they're both kosher. Because once you're mixing them together, and as a result of that, we cannot sweeten the din, the tzimtzum of the 39 acts of work, then what this does is it activates instead of the 39 lights that we spoke about earlier, it activates the 39 types of work of the sitrachra. Shehim Lamates Klolois, which are those 39 curses which were issued initially when Odom and Chava ate from the Eitz Hadas, which was a mixture of good and bad. Shehim Zua Masanochosh, which is the Tuma of the original snake. Shehu Bechinas Ta'aroivois Trezine Bisha, which is re- represented by this mixture of two forces of evil. Shehim Hashor Vachamur which are the ox and the donkey, Shehem Esa v'Yishmoel, Kayadua, which the Tikkun Ezor says represent Esav and Yishmoel. The two leaders of the 70 nations, there are 70 nations that oppose the Jewish nation, and the Sifrei Kabbalah explain they're divided into two groups of 35, one group under the leadership of Yishmoel, one group under the leadership of Esav. This is why, interestingly, the Arabs, their holy day is Friday. The other religions, their holy day is Sunday. 
And our holy day is Shabbos, which is in the middle. One is to the right, Yishmoel is to the right, Esav is to the left, and we are the ones that are that are in the center. Now we understand why the Torah labeled the, the forbiddenness of mixing two species together. It used the examples of ox and donkey. Although any two different species, even if it's two kosher species of animal, are forbidden. Because the Torah is hinting to us the damage that's done when mixing to combining two different types of animals, even kosher, kosher species. Because what it causes is it causes these two negative forces to join together, Esav and Yishmoel, which are which are referred to as these two. Back to something we touched on earlier, and this is why, when Yaakov Avinu leaves the home of Lavan after everything he went through there, and he hears that Esav is coming to attack him with an army, he tells Esav, he sends a message to Esav, I acquired sheep, I acquired the ox and the donkey, sheep and servants. Because the Gemara says that the beauty of the face of Yaakov Avinu represented the beauty of Adam Arishon, showing that he is a major stand-in for Adam Arishon, a tikkun for Adam Arishon. And as the Arizal explains, even though Avraham and Yitzchak also were involved in the tikkun of the sin of Adam Arishon, but Yaakov Avinu was the main one. The Esau, who Zuamas Hanochosh, Esau represents the Tuma of the snake, She'ikr Koychoy Kishemischaber Yachad Yishmoel, where Esau's main power to harm the Jewish people is when he joins together with his father-in-law, Yishmoel. Which the Zohar Kodesh says is the joining together of the ox and the mule. And therefore, when Yaakov Avinu succeeded in acquiring the blessings <coughs> which, which were, were headed towards Esau, Verotza Esav Lincoln Boy Chastashon, and Esav wanted to take revenge from him, Alkain Holach El Yishmoel, Velokach Bitoi. The Torah tells us it was at that point that Esav went and took the daughter of Yishmoel, Mochalas Bas Yishmoel, as a wife, Kedei Lehischaber in Yishmoel, in order to thereby join with Yishmoel, Shehem Hischabrus Hashor Vachamur, which is this combination of Shoir and Chamur, <clears throat> because Esau understood if he could accomplish this, he could overpower Yaakov Avinu. Therefore, when Yaakov Avinu is leaving the house of Lovon and he's going towards Esau, he sends Esau a message, 
I have conquered the Shur and the Chamor. Meaning, I have succeeded in purifying and rectifying the tumor of the original snake, the sin of the Eitz Hadas. To the point where even the ox and the donkey have been purified as regarding me. Ki etzli kol eider ve'eider levadoi. Because by me, each and every single group of animals is kept apart. As the Torah says there, that when he sent the gift to Esau, he told them, make sure separate the different animals into separate individual groups. Va'ani mevarer kol minu min levadoi and I purify each and every individual species through the sechel that's connected to that individual species. Now, all of these individual particles of sechel to which everything in this world is linked to, connected to, are all included in the Torah. Sheklula mikol hasichlius, because the Torah is a combination of all the different types of sechel. Shehime kabelis michochma ilah, which the Zohar Kodesh says, the Torah receives from the highest level chachma, misechel hakoilel, from the sechel that's a composite of all types of sechel. Mikoidish kadoshim, from the Holy of Holies, may Evan Shesia, from the, the rock, the source of everything. And that, when you're connected to the control room, to the Evan Shesia, to the Kodesh Kodoshim, to the Secha Akoilo, then you have the ability to be Mamtik everything. Like the tablets of stone, the Evan Shesia is called the rock, and the tablets, the original tablets, which was the, the, the original Torah, was Luchai So'evin. Kemavur Shandamaymarnal, as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 61 on Likut Imran, Ayn Sham. Therefore, therefore, now we're going to understand something else that Yaakov Avinu said. Yaakov Avinu said, V'zehu hasmichus, now we understand why when Yaakov Avinu says that he was, he, he acquired the Shur and Chamoyer, he says first, Im Lovon Garti, I lived with Lovon. ad Oto. And I was delayed therefore till now. Vaihili Shorvachamur. And I acquired the axe and the donkey. What's the connection between the two Psukim? Kiyomra Boysenazal, because Rashi points out over there. That when Yaakov Avinu said those words, Im Lovon Garti, I lived with Lovon, what he was referring to is Vitaryag Mitzvah Shamarti. Even in the house of Lovon, I succeeded in observing all 613 mitzvahs. The word Garti is the letters Taryag, 613. Hainu, what Yaakov Avinu was saying is, Yalidei Taryag Mitzvah, Shehem Klolius HaToyrah. Through by observing the 613 mitzvahs, which are the entire Torah, Shekoileles Kol Hasichlios Vahamtokoy Shel Kol Hatsinsunim Sheboilam, which includes 
all the different types of seichel that are wired to all the different simsumim in the world, as a result of that, I have succeeded regarding the ox and the donkey and the sheep and the servant and the maidservant. He succeeded in purifying and in sweetening each and every individual category. Shoer, chamoer, eved, shivcha, alidei ha-seichel ha-proti through the individual type of seichel that that element is connected to. Shekolul bahatoyrak doisha, which are all included, all of those individual seichels are included in the Torah. And now we understand why he starts off with Shor and Chamor. As he says, Because that's where the greatest Tikkun is required. Because again, Shor and Chamor represent Esau and Yishmoel. And therefore, when Yaakov Avinu sends the gift to Esav from all the different types of animals he has, the Pasuk says clearly that he kept each individual type of animal separate. To inform Esav, that Yaakov Avinu does not violate the sin of mixing together two different types of animals. By Yaakov Avinu, each and every species of animal is individualized, kept apart. And by keeping them separate and apart, he's able to correct, to rectify each and every different type separately. And through that, he's able to eliminate the Tuma of the snake. That's where Esav and Yishmoel's connection is. Their connection is to the original snake. And therefore, Esav will definitely be subdued and subjugated under Yaakov Avinu. Any questions, please? I see a question in the chat. Is this idea of avoiding harmful mixtures relevant in any way in our times with people using different tools, such as computers? The answer is, there is this issue of good and bad being mixed together. We're told that as a result of Odom and Chava choosing to partake from the eight Hadas, which was good and bad, that caused is that created a situation where in the world that we exist in, good and bad are mixed up together. And now it becomes a whole difficulty, a whole struggle of being able to identify good, what's good and what's bad. And even in the Torah itself, we're told that good and bad are mixed together, meaning that there's machloket, in, in, especially in the Torah Shabbatah, in the oral Torah. This rabbi says you're allowed. This rabbi says you're not allowed. This, this rabbi says it's Tomei. This rabbi says it's Tohor. And it becomes a difficult process to be able to figure out 
which one is right, which one is the opinion that we, we really actually follow. Can we please explain the difference between the two klipot of Esav and Yishmoel? What are they? The answer is that in chapter 2 in Likute Maran, this is discussed in Sifrei Kabola, in Sifrei Hasidus, but in chapter 2 in Likute Maran, when Rabbi Nezal speaks about tefillah prayer, he says that tefillah is compared to a sword. King David, the Pesach says in Tehillim, they praise Hashem with their throats and they carry a double-edged sword in their hand. And Rabbi Nezal says there, even when a person has a sword, they don't necessarily win the battle. You have to know how to wield the sword. You have to know how to be able to strike the target, to strike the bullseye, the center, and not deviate to the right or to the left. And Rabbi Nezal, the, the commentary, the Parparois L'Chochma there explains that the right and left are Esav and Yishmoel. And he says that Esav, the word, the Hebrew word Esav is Miloshin Asiya. Asiya means to do. Esav says, don't give me this prayer nonsense. This world is called the Olam Huasiya. You have to do. Prayer doesn't do any, it doesn't work. That's Esav's argument. Yishmoel, Yishmoel says, he, the Torah tells us he was called Yishmoel to, to show the fact that Hashem listened to his prayer, to his suffering. Yishmoel says, you prayed already. Hashem heard what you said. Enough. Stop. You don't have to pray a lot. And both of these are wrong. One is to the right. One is to the left. The left is saying that prayer doesn't count at all. The right is saying Hashem is kind. Hashem is nice. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to struggle. You, you say a prayer and that's enough. And both of these are wrong. We know that even Moshe Rabbeinu had to pray so hard. It says, Vayichal Moshe. He prayed until he got sick. Such intensity. And by Esther Amalka, it says, Vatischalchal Hamalka. She was trembling. Such intensity in the prayer. That's one example of the difference between Esav and Yishmael. Nothing is coincidence. Last night, uh, uh, I, I, somebody, a friend of mine sent me a shear, a particular shear, which was speaking about the rabbi there, Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, was speaking about the two categories of Jews, the Jews that are in the army, soldiers that are in, fighting in the army, and those that are in the other army, those that are sitting in the base medrash learning Torah. And he was addressing the issue that, unfortunately, we find that there are some of the people who are studying Torah who aren't 100% sympathetic and, and concerned and caring for the soldiers. Because some of them think that, who needs soldiers? It's the Torah that, 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 that fights for the Jewish people. And he was addressing this issue, speaking about it, how important it is for us to realize that we need both in Klal Yisrael. And he gave the example of King David had an army. The Jews, when, when Yaakov Avinu went out to greet Esau, he prepared with prayer and he prepared for battle, it says. He prepared for both. And I, I listened to the shir. And then the next thing that came up was a shir by a famous Rabbi Gladstein, Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, who gave a shear on the topic of Esav and Yishmoel, addressing all the different sources in the Torah that speak about both of them. And, and we're told 
that before the coming of Moshiach, the, the crisis, the major crisis is going to be that all 70 nations are going to gang up on the Jewish people. And, and we know that Yishmoel, the Arab nations, the Arabs and the Turks represent Yishmoel, and the other nations represent Esau. And, and we, there's a united nations which joins together Esau and Yishmoel, and, and it's when these unite to the to the uh, to the detriment of the Jewish people, that's this union of Esau and Yishmoel, unfortunately, which is a very, very powerful combination. But again, Yaakov Avinu says, Vayihili Shur Bachamur, that I have mastered the Shur and the Chamur, that Yaakov Avinu, through his 14 years of Torah dedication in the Yeshiva of Shem Vever, and by being able to to, to survive and succeed in maintaining his deep, close connection to Hashem, even in the house of Lavan, as a result of that, he says, I have mastered the Shur and Chamur. And the Torah promises us that in the end, the Jewish nation, the 70 members of the family of Yaakov Avinu, will defeat the 70 nations, all 70 nations. Now we'll understand also that when it comes to the mitzvah of Shabbos, the Torah says that we are required to rest. In addition, our animals are required to rest on Shabbos. They they also shouldn't be working on Shabbos. And it says there, so that your ox and your donkey will rest. Rav Nosanzal says, take a look. The Torah specifies those two types of animals. Because just like we said before, the entire Torah is a composite of all the different types of seichel, all different types of holiness. Shabbos is a composite of all different types of seichel. We know the, the Arizal and the Zohar Kodesh tell us that 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 on Shabbos and the Gemara on Shabbos a Jew gets a neshama yesera an additional neshama. What does that mean exactly? The answer is it means additional seichel. There's a pasuk Rabbein Israel brings many times v'nishmas shakai tevinein. Their heavenly soul gives them understanding, deep understanding. So when we say an additional neshama, we mean additional seichel. That's why the Ben Ishchai says that learning one hour on Shabbos is like learning a thousand hours during the week. Because again, it's the, it, the thousand means the highest, highest level of seichel. When we think about the spheroids, the lower spheroids, chesed through malchus, are called tens units. Chachma and bina are called hundreds units. And the keser, Chachma Bina Das, are called hundreds. The keser is called thousands, that concept of thousands. So Shabbos represents the entire Torah. Interesting, we're told, the Gemara says, that there's a debate whether the Torah was given on the 6th of Sivan or the 7th of Sivan. But the Gemara says all opinions agree that Torah be Shabbos nitna, that the Torah was given on Shabbos. That everybody agrees. Ki Shabbos hu raiva deraivin. Because on Shabbos we achieve the highest, highest level of holiness and seichel. It's called raiva deraivin. Bechinas kodshe kodoshin, which is synonymous 
with the holy, holiest place on earth. This is an incredible point. The Gemara says there are 10 levels of holiness in the world. Eretz Yisrael is level number one. Yerushalayim is level number two. The Harabayis, number three. And the holiest, the holy of holies, level 10 or level one is the holy of holies. Within time, within the framework of time, we know there's ordinary days, there's the six days of the week, there are the holidays. Shabbos is called Tchilo Lemikroi Kodesh. Shabbos is the holiest of all of the holidays. All the other holidays draw their holiness from Shabbos. And in fact, to show the connection, the Torah throughout praises Eretz Yisrael, referring to it as the land that flows with milk and honey, Zavas Cholov Udvash. The last letters of Zavas Cholov Udvash spell Shabbos to show that what Eretz Yisrael is in holiness, in, in place, Shabbos is in time. So the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh HaKadoshim is Seichel HaKolel, Shabbos is Seichel HaKolel. Tomei as it says clearly about Shabbos, Ki Kodesh Hilochem, Shabbos is holy to us. Ki B'Shabbos Nitna Torah, because as the Gemara says, the Torah was given on Shabbos. Shehi Nafkis Michochma Ilah. And we said the Torah comes from that highest place of Chochma, Misechel HaKolel. And that's why on Shabbos, no work, all 39 types of work are shut down. And this also explains why in all the places in the Torah, where the Torah tells us about the 39 acts of work in the Mishkan, about building the Mishkan, his Hiron mitchila al Shabbos. First, it says, observe Shabbos and build a Mishkan. Ki iker tikun vezikul chalamates malachas, shezebechines malachas ha-Mishkan, while yidei Shabbos, shukot she-kodoshim, because the main rectification and purification of the 39 acts of work, which is the, the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan, is through Shabbos, which is holy of holies. In Shabbos come together all the different types of seichel to which all the different sinsumim are connected to. Rabbi? Yes. The Torah was given on Shabbat and Shavuot is on Shabbat. Is there an extra power to that? Yes. The Torah was given on Shabbos, and the Torah was given on the holiday of Shavuos. There's a Pasuk, There will be one day when we will achieve the highest level of knowledge and recognition and awareness of Hashem. And the Gemara says that refers to Shavuos. Shavuos. Because again, these two, Shavuos is seven times seven. After counting seven weeks, of, which are seven days, we're, we're connecting to Shavuos, you know. V'shom nizbatlin kol hamalosais b'shoroshon ho'elyoim. And over there, in the Holy of Holies, on Shabbos, is where all different types of work get rectified at their source. V'yalkein his hero ha-toyral shvisas behema b'shabbos. And that's why the Torah requires that our animals rest on Shabbos, 
And the Torah includes all different types of animals by saying the ox and the donkey. Because on Shabbos, we must give the animal rest from all different types of work. Thereby purifying and correcting all the different types of work and simsum, which are referred to as behema. <clears throat> you recall we learned earlier in this halach and the other halachas that there's Adam and behema. Adam represents sechel. Behema represents lack of sechel or simsum constriction. By avoiding all types of work on Shabbos, that's what enables us to correct, to rectify all the tzimtzumin. As a result of that, all 39 types of work, all the levels of behema, rise up and plug into Shabbos. Shehi naicha lekoila which is complete rest for everyone. Inside of Shabbos, all types of work become negated. All types of tzimtzum are eliminated. There, all of them get rectified completely. To the point where we are able to draw the holiness of Shabbos into the six days of the week, and thereby to infuse holiness into all the different types of work that we're going to do during the six days of the week. Because through the holiness of Shabbos, which corresponds to the holy of holies in the Beis Hamikdash, through that we sweeten and rectify all the tzimtzumim, v'nizbararin, and they become purified, v'bechinas lametes melochis hamishkan. All the 39 acts of work that we're going to do for ourselves become like the 39 types of work that were done for the mishkan. And that's why the Torah specifies, when it says all your animals should rest, it says the ox and the donkey. Because that's where the greatest tikkun is, that's where the greatest refinement is needed to remove the tumor of the snake. Shehem Esa v'yishmoel. Because Shor and Chamoir represent Esav and Yishmoel, Shehim Bechina Shor Vachamoir, Trezine Bisha. The Zohar Kodesh says that's who they are. They are the left side. Remember, the left side in the throne of Hashem is the ox. And the left side in Sitrachra, in non kosher, is the donkey. Validei Kedusha Shel Shabbos. And it's through the holiness of Shabbos, by us providing rest, even for our animals on Shabbos. By doing that, we eliminate the connection of the Sitrachra, even from the ox and the donkey.
from our own animal, the ox and donkey. Vazai hashor v'chamor nechlolen dekidusha Shabbos. And then the ox and the donkey get connected to the holiness of Shabbos. Bebechinas, as it says in the Pasuk, leman yonuach shorcha v'chamorcha komoycha, so that your ox and donkey will rest like you, just like you rest. Note what it's saying. It's comparing these animals to us. What it's telling us is that the ox and the donkey will become like you. The behema will be elevated to the status of Adam. What this is telling us that we are going to be able to take all the different simtsumim. Remember, tzimtzum means constriction. Tzimtzum means lack of light. Tzimtzum is behema. All the different types of tzimtzumim, all the, of behema, will be able to become plugged into the, the seichel, which is the odom, the human. That's why when the Pasuk speaks about observing Shabbos, it says, so that the animals will become like you, will be like you. We'll be elevating the behema to odom. We'll be elevating the tzimtzum to the seichel. We're going to connect it properly to its seichel, which has the ability to sweeten it, to correct it completely. So that would mean that we should not feel constricted on Shabbat. All all tzimtzum should be open, and you should feel like you're basking in the light of Shabbat. Correct. But for me, I don't feel that way. (laughs) Question. Based on what we're learning here, it would seem to tell us that a a Jew should not feel any type of tzimtzum on Shabbos. We should feel expansiveness and 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 harchava and and this expansiveness of the mind. Do we all feel that? Can we? The answer is we can feel that, but but it requires preparation. Not but one of the things that it requires is preparation. All of the shopping that we do for Shabbos, the special foods, the special clothing that we put on on Shabbos, the special table that's all the the preparations for Shabbos prepare us to be able to receive that holiness. The the Sifrei Kabbalah write and the Shulchan Aruch writes that on Friday is a special time for tshuva also. A person is supposed to be thinking of tshuva so that that removes the negativity that attached itself to me during the six days of the week and allows me to connect to Shabbos to this ultimate purity. It, it requires faith. It requires prayer. You know, it requires a lot of prayer. There's the story that I've told many times about the Bas Ayin. There was this great rabbi that lived outside of Eretz Yisrael, and he had a tremendous deep love for Eretz Yisrael. And his community knew there's going to come a time when he's going to pick up and leave. And whenever anybody would come from Eretz Yisrael visiting him, he would always interrogate them. Tell me about her. Tell me more. I want to hear more about Eretz Yisrael. One time a Meshulach came and this Meshulach said, Eretz Yisrael, the stones glow with Hashem's light. You know, he really gave a very bright uh, description. And the rabbi heard what he needed to hear. He told his family, we're going. Told the community, picked up and left. (laughs) He went to Tzfas, the Basayim, he was a little bit around the time of Rabbi Nezal. And, and uh, he gets to Eretz Yisrael, and he can't wait to go outside to see this bright light. And he's going, and he's looking, and he doesn't see it. And next day again, he, a few days, and he's wondering what's going on. He thought maybe he's exhausted from the trip. 
and, and it's going on for a couple of weeks. And he's disappointed because he remembers what the Meshulach told him. And he, he really knew the guy wasn't lying. He wasn't exaggerating. Where is it? One day he's walking in the streets of Tzfas and he sees the Meshulach. He runs over to him. You remember you were out, you were in my city and you yeah, yeah. You are the one. Thanks to you, my family picked up and we came here. We made an year. Congratulations. Well, wonderful. And he's walking away. He says, no, 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 I have to ask you something. And he says, you remember how you described there is Israel that the stones glow with Hashem's light? I don't see it. So this Mishulach says to this great rabbi, the Basayim wrote Sforim that are very deep. He says, Rebbe, you want to see? You have to be Zocher. You have to be Zocher. And he said, I heard it. And suddenly, like, I, it, 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 something woke up inside. I forgot to a degree that it's not automatic. You have to pray for it. You have to read. And he said, I started really pleading with Hashem, open my eyes, Hashem. I don't see. Give me, oh, let me be zeichel to see the beauty, the, the light of Eretz Yisrael. Yesterday, I saw. Yesterday, I began to see. If you look in Rabbi, in the Sifrei Hasidus, all of them speak a lot about the preparation for Shabbos, you know, this issue of preparing. And we know that one of the most important preparations is pleading with Hashem. I'm begging you, Hashem, Shabbos is coming. The Torah tells us that Shabbos is holy of holies. The Torah says that on Shabbos, a person gets an additional soul. Help, help me be able to feel it, to experience it. Some of it has to do also with the shul that a person goes to. A, a good shul on fri- Friday night is like the, the highlight of the week. The singing, the singing, and the, the whole prayer is like on a different level. The Lechunaranana, the, the paragraphs of Tehillim that we say that are all about singing Tashem and climaxed by the Lechododi, which should be sung. And in Breslov, the Rikid that we have at the end of the Tvi, all of this picks, and again, the different clothing, a completely different mindset that could prepare a person to connect to that incredible high level. Any questions? Yeah, I have a question, Rabbi. This one thing I, I noticed is that the kids, because I have young kids, and the kids, they they go like a million miles per hour, and it's hard to, to, to be like calm and at peace. Like, what are the, the implications? Good question. Good point. Meaning, for example, in most families, the kids during the week, at least, they have school, they have other things to entertain them and occupy them. On Shabbos, they're, everyone's home together. Problem number one, supposedly. Problem number two, there's all the things that you can't do, all the other diversions that they have during the week, which they don't have on Shabbos. And unless they're educated, unless they're taught, really taught, and this this could be an issue, that that parents, parents, schools, and parents need to educate kids that Shabbos is something completely different. Kids need to know that there's a different set of clothing for Shabbos than during the weekdays. Completely different set of clothing. And completely different foods for Shabbos. And the table is set differently. Everything is different and different and better. In Israel, there's a company B&D, better and different. Here again, sometimes, unless kids are taught, unless it's explained to them that Shabbos 
Shabbos is something better and different, the Satan, the Yitzhara, tells the kid, wow, I can't wait till Shabbos. Oh, no, it's Shabbos again. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do all of this stuff. Can't wait till it's over. There are people who smoke, unfortunately, and some of them, you know, by then they're looking at the clock to see this, when is Shabbos going to be, oh, so I can smoke a cigarette, you know, that kind of thing. If a person is educated properly, in all seriousness, and they're taught that Shabbos is a different planet, you know, completely, I become, I can become a completely, the happiest person in the world on Shabbos, because I'm not wearing cement shoes during the six days of the week. Going to work is the whole concept of going to work is the result of the 39 curses that Hashem issued in the beginning at the time of creation when Adam and Chava ate from the Yitzhadas. That's called sweat, toil, struggle, difficulty. Shabbos, we're free. Don't have to work, which means the cement shoes are taken off. I'm taking off those weights that hold me down during the week. And I'm being given a completely additional soul, a new soul, a brand new soul. And I have the ability to soar. But again, it depends on emuna. person needs to believe it. And a person needs to make some preparations, all the preparations. A person takes a special shower for Shabbat on Friday afternoon. The Arizal says that the rechitzas maimcham, the bathing in hot water. Those people that have the privilege of going to the mikvah on Erev Shabbos. Person goes to the mikvah, they come out a completely different person. It's brought that just like the police, when they're looking for a criminal, they're given a picture and they're told, we're looking for this guy. And again, based on that, they, they, they hope to find him. If the person can disguise themselves to look like something totally different, then it's that, that's how guys get away. So it's brought that when a person goes to the mikvah and they come out of the mikvah, they look spiritually, they look like a completely different person. So any negative angels that would want that are looking for me, they can't find me anymore because I'm not the guy they're looking for. I'm not the guy in the picture that they saw. So all of this, number one, the education of knowing that Shabbos is a blessing. It's, it's better. It's a billion times better than during the week. The fact that I can't use the car, can't. the fact that I have the privilege to walk, you know, society today is so upside down, so nuts, crazy. You know, person has to go two blocks, get in the car and go this, that, and and have to walk. If a person has to park like a half a block away from it, it's a problem. It's a problem. We don't realize that it's it's a gift to be able to use your feet, to be able to walk. My my own personal situation, I live in a in a place where on Shabbos morning, they don't have the particular, they don't pray nets, they don't pray, you know, early in the morning when I like. So I walk a half hour on Shabbos to the shul that I go to in the morning and come back. And and again, it's it's a mindset. Personally, wow, it's it's so hard. It's so difficult. It's a I look at it as a thrill. Wow, one day a week I'm allowed to walk. I have I'm permission to walk. You know, I'm allowed to and and it's it's a thrill. It's really a thrill, that kind of thing. So a lot of it is education and mindset. Person has the right mindset, you know they can experience the high, the incredible high of Shabbos. What can possibly give the woman the kind of transformation before Shabbos that's going to the mikvah provides for man? The answer is the woman has a big advantage. She has her lighting the candles, number one, and again, the getting dressed for Shabbos, cleaning the house, all of those preparations, the shopping for food throughout the six days of the week, 
for Shabbos. All the, the cooking, the baking, the, the clothing, every aspect of preparation is all part of this. We have to take some merit from them to help them set the candles up. Exactly. It's brought that in, in the Gemara, it uses the wording that a person should should remind their wife on Erev Shabbos uh, whether the three things were done. And it says, did you light the candles? But it doesn't say candle, lighting the candles. And the, the one of the, the, the Zohar Kodesh and Rabbi Akiva Eger brings this, that, that the preparation of the candles should be done by the husband. He prepares the candles and the wife is the one that actually lights them. That's we're, we're joining in that incredible mitzvah. I apologize that we started a little bit late. Technical difficulty. Wishing everybody a wonderful day, a wonderful Shabbos. It's 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 Wednesday night, which in 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 America it's Thursday morning already in Eretz Yisrael. We should be zeichet to welcome. This is the opening Shabbos of Chumash Shemos which talks about the Jews being at the peak of suffering in Egypt and Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu is born and he's going to take, he's going to take, he took us out of the suffering and it's brought that just like he took us out of the suffering, then he's going to play a leading role with the two Moshiachs, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshiach ben Yosef, Moshiach ben David are going to be the ones to get us out of this mess today, that the mess we're in today. Should be to see the Geula Shlema, Bimhera Amen, Amen.